Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones podcast. I'm your host, for those who don't know me, Sheridan Decker. And this episode is sponsored by my up-and-coming Gut Health Solutions six-week online course to get you from symptoms to solutions. And today I have the privilege of speaking to Sarah. So Sarah is the director of the Strong Girls Club in Perth, which is a boutique small group personal training service with a holistic focus for women, which I love. So thank you so much for being here today, Sarah. My pleasure. This is awesome. <laughs> it's always good. Like I was saying before it started, it's always good to have like-minded women together, chatting, educating and empowering other women to take control mm-hmm. of their health. So exactly. can you tell me a little bit about your business, who you are, how it started, your why, why you do what you do? Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I um, Well, I help women feel strong, confident and powerful inside and outside the gym. I don't think um, like I'm very much into holistic health and I think that everything is connected. So although you've got your fitness coach or strength coach aspect, there's also like your mental health, your physical health and For me, I started out with, I've got endometriosis. So all of this was, I guess, kind of built on my past experiences having endo. I've I've noticed that I've had it since I was 14 years old. I didn't get diagnosed until I was 30 years old. Wow. Wow, 15, 16 years. Yeah. And on average, it's 10 years. So yeah. And I was really proactive about like I remember it got to a stage where for the past three years I'd been going to a doctor every month and just not getting anywhere you know like oh you've just got painful periods just take medication or so I really had to find something that would work for me because doctors weren't helping were you put on the pill early on yeah when I was 14 yeah for how many years were you on it for um yeah until I was 30 Yeah. Okay. Ah, okay. So how Mm. did you figure out you had endo? Was the pill not masking your symptoms then? It wasn't by the very end of it, probably the last two years. So 28, 29, my symptoms got dramatically worse, but around like the pain that I experienced around my bleed was it started being not just pain like around that time but it was like almost pelvic pain non-stop like right. you know brain fog yeah um it got to a stage where I just did I, it give I thought you I, did it affect your bowels as well did it give yeah. you any IBS yeah 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 because yeah. right. so often they go hand in hand but what's interesting is like often mm. women have like the heavy painful periods go like don't really think about endo and just go on the pill and then it kind of masks it and they almost 
quote unquote forget about it in a sense and then they come off it because they want to have babies or something or just go I want to try a different approach and then it comes on like three four times worse and they're like what is going on and then go yes I've got endo but obviously your symptoms were were showing through yeah yeah so the pill I really don't feel as though the pill helped that much because I was still in a lot of pain for the majority of my like early adult life to now yeah so then what happened you came off the pill and got surgery or yeah yeah so um I came off the pill um I got surgery within my doctors were great so I had that within two months wow and then yeah and during that time I was seeing naturopaths I'd tried like low FODMAP diets I'd tried gut health I literally like I there was no like stone unturned like I'd explored everything um and it's like the day I woke up from surgery it was like a big fog had lifted like everything was straight away amazing wow and how did your gut go after surgery did a lot of that clear up yeah straight away that's hadn't been able to drink milk for years like dairy like I couldn't do yeah and now I'm fine yeah wow and so how I don't want to give you age away how long ago was that so how long ago did you have surgery uh I had two surgery two years ago okay yeah and no symptoms have come back since and your periods have been fine I feel as though it's starting to come Mm. back okay um because because yeah it does come back and I've decided not to go back on the pill because I like being in tune with my body and my hormones yeah. and yeah, yeah. I don't so like that's synthetic drugs. super super common like I see that a lot in women like they'll have the surgery and then if they haven't done and I don't know if you have or not but if they haven't done comprehensive Dutch testing and they haven't changed the way that estrogen flows down because basically there's three to keep it simple there's three pathways that estrogen progresses through the liver so it'll go from um, being E1, E2, E3 it's got to get processed through phase one of the liver and then process through phase two of the liver and then your phase three Three is basically your microbiome packages up the excess estrogen and you poop it out goodbye kind of thing when phase one or two aren't working properly and primarily in endo those is fibroids those with um really bad pms symptoms it's going down this little pathway called the 16oh pathway which is our real symptomatic pathway and then there's like the 4OH, which is your cancerous pathway. And then there's 2OH, which is your protective, gets it out of the body kind of way. And basically when there's issues in that phase one, then I see a higher recurrence of these endotype symptoms or fibroids or PMS or that kind of stuff. So it's interesting hearing because everyone's different because obviously it's an autoimmune condition so there's an immune component and then there's that hormonal component so it's interesting seeing how different women um i guess their their timeline is always different depending like because it's autoimmune yes dairy gluten there's a lot of fear factor around that as well which is another whole kettle of fish um but then you know there's also that hormonal component and then there's that immune component and you're like well what's my immune system doing what's triggering it is there leaky gut what's the whole gut health aspect so it's quite interesting seeing you know because really you don't want to be having surgery every three four five years like that's quite invasive on your body surely it it is but with how severe the symptoms were I would get surgery every year if I had to like it was it was nuts. Yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about your training around that time. When did you start strength training? When did you start doing bodybuilding, powerlifting? Were you always active? 
I've always been active, but more in a cardio sense. Yeah. Like, you know, I grew up playing heaps of sports and like running and I've always loved my cardio, but I noticed that as I got older, my tolerance for cardio and especially high intensity interval training or like the more stressful type cardios that you can do um, would make me sick straight away. Like I would go to F45 and I'd try and do say a week of that and then I'd be sick for a month. And like that was a pattern that kept happening. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, why is my tolerance so low to like being a little bit more stressed out by doing HIIT type workouts? Because I love doing that type of stuff. My body does not love doing that. So I had to find something else. Yep, yep. And interesting again, because you would be increasing that whole cortisol response and your immune system's already like, Sarah, can we chill out? I'm struggling. And then you're thinking, well, estrogen is a stress hormone. So an estrogen drives endometriosis. So if I'm doing stress-based workouts and putting my body, you know, in that, and obviously bodybuilding and strength training is, is a stressor on the body. But like you said, it's so different from that um, high intensity interval stuff, which is just like straight up cortisol, bodies under the pump, fight or flight mode, like running from this bear, what can we do kind of thing. Um, so then you backed off that and you went more down the strength route or? Yeah, I, I just started started strength training. I grabbed a few, you know, exercise programs off the internet as you do, like, and just started exploring that avenue because I was like, something's got to change. I can't keep getting sick because I'm trying to exercise and I love being active and for my mental health as well. Yeah. So I started doing that. I had a coach and then I found that especially the bodybuilding, just your normal hypertrophy strength training, it like having rest breaks, proper rest breaks and not going to failure and not stressing my body out so much worked really well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So your personal background then, were you coaching or training or were you a PT at the time or did that kind no, of fuel you to do it? That that fueled me to do it. And it's like I feel as though the last 15 years has been more of a health journey on how I can make myself feel better because having a chronic illness has been like it's pretty shit and you just yeah. don't you get sick of feeling horrible and being sick all the time so yeah. that's like that led me to then do a bodybuilding comp and then I wanted to learn more so I did my fitness certificates so I didn't even do my fitness certificates to create a business yeah. I I just wanted to learn more so I could continue to feel better yeah yeah, I, I love that. I used to see that so much um, in because I was lecturing those studying Cert 3 and 4 in fitness and Cert 4 in nutrition for I went full time my business. And I'd see so many women kind of in, you know, that category in sort of our age groups who are like, you know, what, I'm actually doing this for me. Like mm. I need to understand what's going on with my body and I want to feel better and I want to train better and I want to go down that pathway. So you did those certs and then you started. So how long ago did you start Strong Girls Club? I started, so my first business was called Range of Motion Fitness and Lifestyle, wow. just because I had no idea what to call it. And yeah. so it, I um, started boot camps, ladies only boot camps um, under the name Romfit. That was like a short Romfit. Um, I, was, I was the first one to start ladies only boot camps in Coogee and then I moved to Coburn. There was no one else doing it at the time. Wow. So that was kind of cool because I just remember being like, there's literally nothing out here for that market. So that was six years ago. 
Um, <laughs> I've been around for a while. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then I just realized that every like boot camps attract, you know, mums, your over 30s. And most women have some type of issue, like they've got their knees hurt, their back hurts, like their shoulders, they've got bursitis or yeah. so that type of exercising I felt wasn't aligned with what those clients needed. And then strength kind of just was at the forefront of that as I started moving away from bodybuilding, getting into powerlifting and I just continue to love it more and more. So So what does that look like day to day in terms of your fitness? Like, Do you have your own gym or do you give women programs and you're doing PT with them at another gym? Like how does it practically look? Because obviously boot camps is quite different to that style. Yeah, it's so different. Um, So from those boot camps, we went into like a big commercial gym and then I started running small group face-to-face PTs. So, you know, up to four women in each session. And since that, we've grown into our own semi-private space. So we hire out a space within a gym. However, it's not in a public gym. Um, So the gyms are somewhere else and we're in our separate room. And then we can run um, up to six women in each of our sessions. So we're able to reach more women, but it's still small groups. So they're still getting the technique, the form um, and the attention they deserve rather than being thrown into a big uh, RPM class or body attack. Yeah, because it's a fine line between... um... There's obviously a fine line between um, PT, which is great, but then you're obviously at a higher price point where it's just you and one person. And then group fitness where the groups obviously get too big or not too big, but they can get quite large. And like you said, you lose that um, one on like that, I don't know, more of that personal aspect. And I feel like when it's strength-based training and it's quite almost I want to say you want to be more careful when you're thinking about you know some of your hit classes and things and it's just body weight reps or whatever you can almost Mm. sort of let the class go a bit but for what you do and wanting to give that attention that time for women it is it is so important so yeah I think so Um, yeah with strength training for women so why do you so you started strength training for your endometriosis why do you think it's so important that women do strength training i think it's incredibly important for women to feel strong because it's not just feeling it's not just about being strong like physically but when you're lifting weights and you can see yourself progressing like you feel accomplished and mentally you feel like it can make you feel strong because as you're lifting weights you know like although you're not you're not like oh my biceps so strong but you're like yes I'm so strong and I think that really really reinforces and like and can be quite empowering yeah for sure so with that because there's such a push and I feel like we're we're slowly changing as women I don't know it's like you and me continue to educate and empower women around the whole aspect of strength training and cardio based training and obviously I do cardio because I enjoy it and I love riding my road bike but there is that push from women Mm -hmm. who go I only got to do cardio because I've got to lose weight how do you approach that mindset with women who sort of go Sarah I want to lose weight should I be running like am I just going to get bulky from strength training like you've obviously heard those things a lot I'm sure yes I've heard that so much Uh, and uh, what I say to people is just I guess what 
like we all want our bodies to look a certain way. So I guess it's about looking at what's going to get you the results that you want. If it's to look a certain way, then, you know, do you want to look like have a CrossFitter's body? Because then you might like do CrossFit or do you want a marathon's like a marathon runner's body so it's like if you want to look like that certain way then I we can still get you strong but then it's going to be maybe you do a little bit like of more endurance strength training rather than like a power modality of strength training and you're still including your cardio as well so there are so many options but what I hear most is that people just want to get toned and feel strong yeah. So for me, I'm just like cardio is an incredibly important, healthy part of our like weekly exercise program. Mm. Um, but it's definitely not the answer to get you to where you want to go for a lot of body composition goals. Yeah. And like that common fear of, am I going to get bulky? I remember Kitty Bloomfield saying this in one of her podcast episodes and I love her stuff and I know a lot of my followers follow her as well, but I remember her saying yeah. once, if you women can find a way to put on muscle quickly and just get bulky, let me know because I would love to know. Mm. And I always think the same. I'm like, do these women realize how hard it is to build muscle? Like it's so I, hard oh. to- to get strong if you're worried about getting bulky yeah. I'm like dude if I could just put on five to ten kilos of muscle in a couple of weeks I would love that great but it's so hard I, that yeah. <laughs> I just think I just think that it's almost so disrespectful for like to be like I'm going to get bulky like bodybuilders that look like men have spent 20 to 30 years of their lives eating a strict diet probably taking enhancement drugs, performance enhancement drugs to look that way, to think that you'll get bulky over like a few months of just lifting weights is honestly like, I think that's such a, I don't know, I I find it really horrible to people that work so hard, you know, to look a certain way. So, and that that brings it back to being realistic with your expectations. (laughs) So how often do you train now and do you compete? or compete still or do you compete yeah yep so I compete um once to twice a year in powerlifting and at the moment I'm only competing once a year because when you're peaking for a competition you're not actually getting stronger so it's more um yeah it's more beneficial to compete less than like three or four times a year um and I train four times a week oh that's nice balance yeah, I found that when I was doing, um, say, my like my bodybuilding, which was more just a, I guess, my infancy stage of strength training that I was exploring strength. Um, I was training, you know, six, seven, eight times a week. And I find that, um, and this is for my clients as well, but less is often better because of that like stress response from the body as well. So you don't need to train seven times a week. Like often people look better four or five times a week and that stress component as well coming back to that immune system that cortisol and that stress Mm. load and that hormonal load on the body you think about everyone getting sick at the moment and I've been off and on the last couple weeks um not not the spicy cough but just run (laughs) down and if my training load actually increases too much I find I tend to get sicker and it's it's just that 
cortisol immune response. So cortisol lowers SIG IGA, which is an immune component in your gut. So if we're constantly in this stress state and then you think about a lot of the women you're training and they're like, they might be mums or they might be working full time or they might be juggling finances and job and, you know, all these other things as well. They're not literally doing nothing all day and just rolling up to train once and that's mm-hmm. it kind of thing. They're in a constant stressor and then you're like, well, and then are you eating properly on top of that and are you refueling properly and all those things? If you're doing that seven times a week, all of a sudden your body's like, holy moly, like what is going on here? Like we can't handle that and recover and build muscle on top of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. One of the like worst things you could do is sleep less than what, seven hours a night. Like that is, I think a lot of people don't understand the the impact of even just sleep. Yeah. Yeah, like the hormonal response from they're not sleeping enough and then overtraining. And of course, you're not going to look your best. Yeah, yeah. So what would your number one bit of bit of advice be for women who are sort of in that space where they're like, I want to get strong, but I want to look toned. Or I don't know where to start. I'm too scared to lift weights. How how do women ease into it? Where should they start? That's such a tricky one because I think that if they're starting in the gym, then I think it's a no-brainer that everyone should have a reputable coach to begin with because if you're starting in the gym, you don't know what you're doing. So you're likely just going to just stay on the treadmill or the bike the whole time anyway. You're also not going to know how to use the machines properly with good form or technique. Um, I, I think that it should actually it's almost negligent for like gyms just to allow people to go in and do stuff without teaching them because that's why people get injured and or that's why they stop going to the gym or um, but definitely a reputable coach and I say reputable because there are lots of coaches and PTs out there that who have no experience and have no idea what they're doing and that's not their fault like they've just been thrown into a three-month course and they've come out of that and they're trying to figure it out as well like that was me six years ago so I do think doing a little bit of background research and asking around um, when you get a coach or a PT is super important as well. Yep, I I rate that 110%. And I always say the same with nutrition and the same with hormone stuff and the same with Mm -hmm. exercise. Like you said, like if you're struggling and you want to learn to strength train, go to Sarah's website, look at a beginner strength training program, have a look at what she does, like find someone who you trust or stalk her on Instagram and get to know these people and go, okay, who are you and what are you about? And Mm -hmm. find someone who's qualified who has experience and you trust and then start from a good foundation because what happens is the same as nutrition or whatever and go we want to lose weight or I want to get fit and either we just restrict our food and damage our hormones and our thyroid and our gut health same with training Mm. we just run too much or we try to start lifting weights and we injure ourselves and we overdo it and we go too light and too many reps or whatever it is And you just end up so much further behind. Whereas if you spend that little bit of extra money and that little bit of extra time and find someone good and work with someone decent, you end up so much further ahead in the long run. Because, yeah, building muscle takes time, but getting healthy takes time. Getting to the root cause of your endometriosis takes time. There is no Mm. quick fixes, all these things, but you need someone qualified to work with in a sense. 
Yeah, and that's why that's why you know business people have business coaches. Like yes. I've I've got mentors for my like for both my business and I've even got my own coach to keep me accountable and to like I think that if you if you really prioritize like personal growth which I do and you I'm sure you do and I know anyone that has a business like who's wanting to achieve more like personal growth business growth all of it it's all intertwined and why would you try and reinvent the wheel and you know like that's why we read books is so that we can learn off other people so other people can teach us so much I'm all about like yeah hiring that's someone that can do it better we have a yeah. podcast and we have yeah. you on the podcast for exactly <laughs> yeah. these kind of reasons um yeah so if you are listening go i really resonate with that i want to learn more about sarah then mm-hmm. i will link her website in and her instagram but it is stronggirlsclub.com.au um, or her instagram stronggirlsclub underscore perth we can find and stalk her as well so yeah head over there have a look have a look around but Thank you so much for sharing um, your personal journey and your strength journey as well because I feel like it's so important to get that common knowledge out there, especially about endo, especially about strength training, especially about the Mm. impact of lifestyle on those things as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed meeting you for the first time, <laughs> yes. like face to face, when the video was working. Yes, exactly. Because we're both in Perth, so that's amazing. So yeah. we can actually meet in person. No, thank you so much for being here today. It was a pleasure to have you. Okay, that's awesome. Thanks, Sheridan. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.